Hello everyone, this is Deborah Richardson and today I am putting the AP in Happy where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. This podcast will give a voice to accounts payable team members by talking about the growing reality of cyber attacks in their world and which vendor setup and vendor management techniques they can apply to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Today's podcast episode is brought to you by the five-day vendor master file cleanup. Do you trust the data in your vendor master file? Well, if you have less than 5,000 active vendor records and need to prepare for a vendor self-registration portal or for 1099 and 1042 IRS annual forms distribution, you are in luck. We have vendor validations, including watch list screening, duplicate vendor review, vendor inactivation recommendations, and more. Go to DebraRRichardson.com, that's D-E-B-R-A-R-R-I-C-H-A-R-D-S-O-N.com slash consulting, or email me at Debra, D-E-B-R-A, at Debra rrichardson.com for a quote today. Did your company acquire or merge with a different company? And now, in addition to your current vendor master file, you have a whole new set of vendors to worry about. Keep listening. Welcome to episode 53, Merger or Acquisition, Five Steps to Merge Vendors into Your Vendor Master Files. So sometimes when there is a merger or acquisition, there can be a lift and shift where you inherit not only the vendors, but you inherit them in a brand new accounting system or ERP. So that's a different podcast. What we're talking about today is how to merge those new vendors into your current vendor master file. So I have been there, your company acquires another company and now you have inherited their vendors, good or bad. Rarely did vendor maintenance ever have control over the state of the acquired company's vendor records. And to go a little further, there may have been, at least I never had leverage to require a cleanup prior to adding those vendors to your vendor master file. I did try a couple of times, never worked because the focus was always on getting the acquisition complete. So what I've come up with is a five-step process that can minimize the impact of those vendors on your vendor master file. All right, so here we go. Follow these five steps to minimize the potential for adding inaccurate or 
and or fraudulent vendors to your vendor master file. So step one, so you wanna create a vendor template. If the vendor maintenance team is handling the vendor ad process, require that the acquired company export their vendors out of their system into the vendor template that includes all the required fields from your accounting system or ERP. This will also help you to ensure that you receive the required data needed. Step two, request the IRS tax information. If your company will assume responsibility for the annual tax files for the current year, request invoice and payment data from January 1st of that year. For prior year corrections, request invoice and payment data as well as copies of tax filings and 1099, 1042s for the past four years. Because remember, and I'm assuming accounts payable, you are distributing the 1099s and 1042s, and then you're also handling the annual tax filing with the IRS, which means you may be on the hook if corrections need to be made for the current year, as well as prior years. So you wanna make sure that you collect that information before the whole merger or acquisition process is done because those people um, from the legacy company will leave and then you'll be um, stuck without having that, uh, that data. So it's best to collect it while you're getting all the other information. So step three is you want to follow a normal or your normal validation process. So you've got all this information in the vendor template that you've asked them to populate with um, the vendors out of their accounting system or ERP. So you wanna do your normal validation process. So the first thing is you wanna request documents. So you require the same documentation that a new vendor being onboarded needs to submit. Now, this may not be possible, but ask in case the acquired or merging company has those documents attached to their current vendor record. And a lot of ERPs, you can attach that documentation and sometimes it may take IT, but IT may be able to go in there and download those documents for you. So you do wanna ask, it may not be possible, but you do wanna ask. The next thing is you wanna perform an IRS bulk 10 match. So you want to verify that the legal name and the tax ID matches IRS records. And you can either use the IRS for that or 10check.com. They both have bulk uh, options. And any vendor that is not successful, you wanna reach out to them and request a new IRS W-9 for US or a new IRS W-8 for non-US or foreign vendors. The next thing you wanna do is verify the banking details. So you wanna validate the bank ABA routing numbers, the SWIFT codes, the I-bands. Um, you can also validate that the bank account name and the bank account number match. You can um, 
use uh, either early warning or a one of their resource uh, resellers such as Gaiac and I will put links to them in the show notes um, but you can validate the bank account name and the bank account number so you want to reach out to vendors where that information does not match and get updated uh, information the next validation as part of your normal validation process are or is the sanction and exclusion list. So you want to verify that the legal name and the vendor's bank name um, does not appear on any of the watch lists. Now these watch lists should include uh, OFAC and the specially designated nationals list. Um, as an example, as well as if you're a government, the SAM exclusion list and 10check.com does have bulk uploads um, with a paid subscription. So that is an option. So you don't have to check them one by one, but depending on um, what watch list uh, you're, you are verifying, most of them are um, one by one, unless you have a 10check subscription or or if you have a vendor self-registration portal, that vendor portal may include validations for sanctions, exclusion lists, even the banking details, um, and the IRS 10 match. So utilize that if you have it. And if whatever's missing, supplement by going directly and searching one by one or using any available bulk upload um, options that you have. Okay, step four, now that you have validated um, your vendors, you want to add them to your vendor master file. You want to make sure that you add the legacy vendor ID on the vendor record. Um, include in the comments a standardized statement with the acquisition or merger information and the path to where that vendor acquisition file will be stored. And that's the file that you requested from the acquired or merged company in step, uh, in step one, that vendor template. So an example of the comment would be, um, you would put the date, you would say that you added a vendor from the John Doe company merger, C file and then type in the path that includes the file name and then lastly add in the person or the contact for that particular acquisition merger or project and then the initials of the person that is uh, key in that in. And so this way, what you have is you have in the comments exactly why that vendor was added. And then if anyone has any questions, they will have a contact name to reach out to instead of calling accounts payable, vendor maintenance, if they have any questions regarding that vendor. Now there may not be a name that, a contact name that you can put in there. Maybe um, anyone that has any questions, they do need to contact accounts payable or vendor maintenance. But if there is a contact name, make sure you put that or add that into the comments. Okay, so the next one and last step, step five, is to create a vendor mapping file. So once you have collected the 
uh, information from the accounting system or ERP and you have requested the IRS tax information, you followed your normal validation process, you've added those vendors to your vendor master file, the last thing you want to do is to create a separate file that can be shared outside of vendor maintenance with sensitive personal information or SPI or MITID or MAST. And you want to include the legacy vendor ID as well as the new vendor ID. You can also include other details um, that can be used to verify that key data matches between the legacy system and your accounting system or ERP based on the acquisition requirements. So for example, um, you want to include, again, the legacy vendor ID and the new vendor ID, but you also want to include things like um, the address or the payment terms because that's always something that's key to make sure it it is um, uh, it is transferred correctly or if those vendors are coming in and they're absorbing the existing payment term for the you know for the acquired company then you still want to make sure that you knew what their payment terms were before and what they are now and so what we've done or what I've done in the past with this file is I've either shared it with um, uh, stakeholders or and with the legacy uh, company uh, um, uh, employees, the project team. I've even put it out on the website, um, on the internal company website, um, on a page that's dedicated to that merger or acquisition so that if anybody has any questions about the vendors, they can go straight to that file. And again, it does not include sensitive personal information. Um, or if it does, it's mask, and that's things like the tax ID. And with the tax ID even being masked, that ta um, they can verify with the last four or five digits that that is the correct tax ID. And you can do the same thing um, with the banking information, although I'm not quite sure um, that anyone else would really need that. If they need to validate banking information, they can contact um, accounts payable. I would just make sure that um, any identifying information um, is included on the file. So the tax ID, as well as the address, payment terms, things like that, that uh, you wanna make sure that you convert it correctly or that you convert it in accordance with uh, your company's uh, standards or requirements. So those are the five steps. The process is complete. Your new validated vendors are added to your vendor master file. You have a file that you shared with stakeholders or other members of external to the accounts payable team and to vendor maintenance so that they know that the vendors are there. They know what the legacy numbers are. They know what the new vendor uh, numbers are and you should be all set. Now, one other question that I know is probably gonna come up is, well, how long does all all of that take and I will say it just depends um, normally in a, a situation where you're acquiring another company you don't get a whole lot of participation um, especially from 
team members and accounts payable or vendor maintenance or procurement from the acquire company and they know that uh, they're going to be uh, losing their jobs if that's the situation. So you don't always get a lot of cooperation. But what I found is that with acquisitions, there's always a timeline. And so you can leverage that to your advantage to push them to move a little quickly to submit that information to you. So thanks everyone. I hope you enjoyed the 53rd episode of the Putting the AP in Happy podcast, where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Don't forget to check the show notes for the links mentioned in the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing and writing a review of my podcast on the platform that you use to listen. Stay happy.